My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu on Kaya 959. We're talking about the new Customary Marriages Act. There is an amendment to it and basically it gives more rights to spouses if there is a divorce or if uh, a spouse dies. And previously this was not the case. Joining me now on the line is Moramadi Mabule and uh, from uh, Sunlam Trust. A very good evening to you. Thank you so much for joining me. Good evening, Sumitra. Thank you so much for the invite. So, Moramadi, I mean, we're looking at this amendment. First, take us through what the amendment entails. So, I think, you know, I'm going to take us through to the pre, the act, the act which came into effect on the 15th of November in the year 2000. Um, and then I will say what the act says, and then I will actually now speak about the amendment because the dates are very important to okay. follow that sequence. So pre uh, the act, you know, all customary marriages, the default was out of community of property. And when the, the act came into effect, which is the, the Recognition of Customary Marriages Act, when it came into effect in the year 2000, in the act itself, it did say now, moving on, the default for marriages in terms of customary law would be in community of property. But now it became challenges. You can imagine how many people are married in terms of customary law uh, pre the act. And those people were not necessarily covered. So there were two groundbreaking cases that actually happened. The one is the Gumete case. In the Gumete case, it was a monogamous marriage. And when Mr. and Mrs. Gumete were divorcing, and Mrs. Gumete was left with nothing because she did not, the laws at the time did not give her an opportunity to actually own um, a property. So uh, during that divorce, uh, she was left obviously in destitute. And this was taken to court to say, but how is this fair? So the, then the, the court declared that part of the constitution, I mean, that part of those laws that they actually, they were unconstitutional, they were not aligned with the laws. But then when we went into the recognition of Customary Marriages Act, that's where we picked up that, okay, it was flawed because it had ex- excluded those marriages that happened before the recognition act and that's where you know it had to be changed then you know we continue it and then uh, we've got polygamous marriages which were also excluded so we've got now women who are excluded because they are now married um in terms of uh, polygamous marriage so uh, and they also did not have right of ownership so the amendment came into effect now due to the second case, which is the Ramuhovi case, which dealt with a polygamous marriage where the right of ownership of all women was not seen as equal. And mm-hmm. I think this is quite you know, a significant move that now all women um, who are married now they've got, you know, they've got equal rights with their counterparts, which is their husbands. Very important indeed. And this, of course, is why this is so important, um, you know, for the equality of all women in South Africa. I'm talking to Moromadi Mabule, head of Wills at Sunlam Trust. Moromadi, I think it's important just to unpack the whole customary marriage as well, because there is, you know, people seem to be confused immediately. They jump to the fact that isn't everybody married in community of property. In terms of the paperwork, in a customary marriage because you could get married in your hometown wherever it is but how then do we get it recognized by law because you don't necessarily go to court am i right 
That's correct. So the same law as mutual, you know, it's, it's quite clear. It gives, it terminates the requirements of a customary marriage. Mm. And the requirements are as follows. The people must be above the age of 18. They must have given consent to this marriage. Uh, the third one is the marriage must be celebrated and negotiated. So if those three requirements are met, then it is a customary marriage. You know, there's always a debate in terms of what is celebrated. Yeah. You know, other people would say we didn't exchange gifts. Mm. Um, and, 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 you know, normally during these processes, people actually have a lobola letter that would be signed between the family members. And that is a, that document becomes crucial, especially when they become a dispute. They actually, we were not married. Uh, but if you can prove the three requirements and you've got the lobola letter, then it is seen as a marriage. I want to add, Simita, on the formalities of, of the actual, you know, customary marriage itself. The mm. act, the same act, also stipulates that people need to go and register uh, their marriage. Wow. But it doesn't say if it's not registered, then it's not recognized. So you still have recourse? You do still have recourse. If you meet the three requirements, then it is a recognized marriage then you can have recourse. How then do you prove it? Say you've been married now for 10 years, something goes wrong, or maybe the spouse dies. If you've had, I mean, you, you've you had the verbal agreement, you've done everything, you've done the traditional ceremonies, but there's no paperwork in place. How then do you go to go and prove um, to court to say that I am entitled, I am the wife, I've been here for the last 10 years? You know, um, I'm going to give an an interesting case that also happened, I think it was last year, in in the Western Cape. Mm. And the Western Cape um, High Court actually gave a verdict. And in this scenario, these people were not even married. Lobola was not actually even negotiated. Mm. Um, But because somehow... And they found themselves as cohabiting and living in together. You know, um, what they needed to prove to the court was that did they have a permanent relationship in this case? And in this case, you know, the court called for witnesses because that's the only way. So in the same formality where we're talking about a customary marriage which is disputed, we will call the court will call for witnesses to say you know, did the negotiation happen with the people, with the witnesses? And in most cases, when you formalize the customary marriage, when you go through that process, it's family. Remember, it's, it's actually the marriage between the family. So there will definitely be witnesses and stuff like that. Okay. So, Monomadi, what's the biggest takeaway from this? I mean, we have this amendment. It's giving equality to all women in South Africa. For women that are in a customary marriage, what should they be doing to make sure that this process is carried out efficiently and uh, to ensure that they do get the recourse that they need should anything happen? You know, I always say to people, please, the first thing that we need to do after the whole, um, you know, the customary process, can we go and register these marriages? Because, mm. you know, we can register them in terms of um, home affairs have, you know, that process of registering them. This is just to alleviate having to go and prove that the marriage existed or not. Remember, it's a high court application. It means it's going to be a costly exercise having to prove that you were married to someone. And so that's my first plea to you. The takeaway is that please, after the formalities, go and register it. And then there is also an opportunity when you go and register it, there's an opportunity to register it with an anti-nuptial contract. 
then you can decide that actually I don't want to I don't want to default into in community of property. Yet you don't want to enter into a civil marriage. So you can actually do that. So you can go and sign an anti-natural contract, register your customary marriage, but with an anti-natural contract. No, no, I also wanted to say, you know, um, in most cases, the people will do the customary, will do uh, two-legged approach uh, marriage ceremony. They would have the customary marriage, and then after a year or so, then they go and convert it into a civil marriage. So that that can also, you know, once you've converted it into a civil marriage, very important also at the time to decide if you're going to go into the default. If you don't sign an anti-natural contract, then you go into the default, which is incognito property. So very important. I mean, I, I think that is one of the key issues that we have is that a lot of these uh, marriages are not registered and therefore they are not recognized in terms of law. In terms of the will, how important is it to have something in place? Nobody likes to talk about death. Nobody likes to talk about the fact that, you know, we could split. But how important is that to have it in place? And also things like having it signed. I like your question, Sinitra. You know, it's, it's, so, it's so important that there's so much material around wealth creation and how to mm. accumulate assets. And nowadays with an information era that we're living in, information is out there. People are accumulating wealth. How do you protect it? Yeah. How do you ensure that it moves from one generation to another? You can do it by doing an estate plan. And part of an estate plan is ensuring that you draft a will. And, you know, because you will be exercising freedom of testation, one of the things that you would be buying yourself is favor that families are not going to be fighting for your assets. What is important also is to ensure that your will is legal and it's legally valid as well. Because we do have, you know, scenarios, that, and I think a lot of times some of the disputes that happen is that, you know, there could be a discrepancy in the formalities around the will itself. Um, so I'll just tabulate the, the formalities, mm. formalities for your listeners. If the will must be in writing. You cannot e-sign your will. The Wills Act hasn't moved and evolved into the electronic signature world. So you have to ink-sign it. It needs to be witnessed. There must be two independent witnesses that will sign together in your presence so that everybody is there in the event that there is a dispute. The court will court those witnesses and they can actually testify that, you know what, you signed it um, in your own will. There was no duress when you were signing it. Um, and quite important is the dating of the will. It's, it's not necessarily a must, but dating it is just to ensure that your will, you know, it remains current. If you've got old wills, uh, the current will will actually now revoke the old leaves. So those are very important and not major things, but they can cause a lot of havoc if they're not, uh, you know, done correctly. So important to have that will signed. And even when you updating it, whatever it is, it only stands in court if it is signed. So these are some of the important things that you need to remember. Moramadi, thank you so much for your time this evening. Moramadi Mabule, head of wills at Sunlam Trust, talking to us today about marriage and money. And of course, the new amendment to the Customary Marriages Act. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu on Kaya 959 on the street. On the air.